Hello and welcome to the Third Floor Corridor Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyle, joined by... Stephanie! Our co-host who is less than spirit, <laughs> less than the meanest ghost. <laughs> and today we'll be doing chapters 32 and 33 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Those are Flesh, Blood, and Bone, and the Death Eaters. What a... What a fun, lighthearted couple of chapters. Such a bummer. Bummer. Yeah. Like, I feel Horrifying. like... I feel like with the Death Eaters, there's stuff to riff on, but seeing as how we go sequentially, Flesh, Blood, and Bone is... Flesh, Blood, and Bone is really Maybe nice up there is, like, for me, the second bleakest chapter in the series, maybe? Yeah. Like, I, it might be outdone by the cave in the sixth book, but that's about it. But it pretty much picks up where they have, Cedric and Harry have been port keyed to a graveyard somewhere. We know it is in Little Whinging outside of, I guess it's what, on the outskirts of town? It's not in Little Whinging. Or no, uh, what am I thinking of? You're talking about Privet Drive, that's where Privet Drive is. Yeah, oh, Little Hangleton. Sorry, it's all these littles. It's British people, they really like to like call things like little or big yeah. I think is there a big Hangleton? I probably not. There's probably like a great But they are there and they're like I I feel like you have this almost mentality of Hogwarts students where they're like, Did you know that the trophy was a port key? And they're like, No, not really. Alright, let's get our wands out. There's definitely some shit going down. Yeah, or and then they're like the thing is, they're like, Oh, it doesn't immediately strike them as like, oh, there's not like, you know, like, there's not something immediately wrong with it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, like, fucking, like, they're so used to just shit going kind of in this well, way that to, they're, like... To be fair, it's kind of Christ a weird man. threat to respond to. It's not like they're immediately attacked. Like, they get here, and I think they stand around for a minute or two before they're, like, Oh, hey, a weird figure's coming. And a weird figure he is, because it's Wormtail, the, the weirdest of all. Although I had a, a little headcanon that maybe the cup was supposed to be a port key to, like, teleport you back outside the maze. Maybe. That and maybe would be they, quite interesting, They snuck it actually. in and changed it. Like, fake Moody was like, oh, well, I'll get that port key for you. Now I'm wondering, because I'm going to have to wait until next week when we do, when they come back. Because I think that should cover that. Because in the movie, they get teleported they back to outside. the outside of the maze. But in the books, I'm not sure if that's true. But if it is, we'll that actually makes eye. a lot of sense. That's my um, that's my my pet theory. But um, I think that it is a very uh, good pet theory. But I think that one of the things that immediately happens is as they see this like figure going towards them, Harry starts like his scar. Well, yeah, it's it's really like sudden because son of a bitch. there's like a really weird standoff for a second where they're just sitting there like, who the fuck is, what is happening here? And then Harry's head uh, just explodes. Yeah, basically. So the other thing that I always just wanted to say, and I don't know if it ever, as we go through reading and we can look really closely at things, maybe they do explain it at some point. But like, why is it for Harry this like a one, like a one sided like disability like when Dumb when voldemort is around and being pissed off when voldemort's around in general like harry is just like debilitate like he suffers debilitating pain 
Yeah, like, I, I I, mean, at this point, I don't think the Horcrux theory was a thing, but I don't get why this part of Voldemort reacts this way. The only thing that I can think of... It's trying that, to get out. Yeah, like, almost like it, when it's near Voldemort or it, like, feels Voldemort nearby, it, like, start. So it's not actually the Horcrux that's hurting him, it's the protection spell that's hurting yeah, him. Yeah, maybe it's, like... In reaction to Voldemort, it's, like, becoming less dormant, and Harry's protection is, like... Hey, fuck you, and it's, like, it's, hurting It's, like, him. an immune response. Yeah, it's, where like, like, an autoimmune disease. Yeah. A magical autoimmune disease. Oh, what wonders. Um, but, but I think it's really just fucked up, because it's a one-way thing. Like, it doesn't happen to Voldemort. It only yeah, happens to Harry. It's, it's only bad for Harry, which... Yeah. That might as well be our commentary on the series. But the awkward standoff is ended, and just want to point out what a short and to-the-point chapter this is. Like, not a lot of flowery language, which makes it super effective. No, like, yeah, it's a very, it's very a effective. It's a dark chapter, and JK, you did a good job with this one. But uh, Yeah, this is, it's a really good writing um, and a lot of, like, just stuff, like, happens one after the other, after the other, after the other. Yeah, because, well, the first thing that kicks it off is we hear a sinister-sounding voice say, kill the spare, and Wormtail kills Cedric Diggory. Yep. And there's no, like, and that's where the language thing comes in. It's not like, oh, Cedric was, like, on the ground. They say, Cedric is dead. No. They say, like, one sentence is just, he was dead. Yeah, not like good. And then Harry's like sitting there. So Which, two things, just a quick yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I had one. I'll let you go first. Okay, because we we actually delayed recording this episode, so we talked about it a little bit. And I I was like, okay, in the next chapter, the victims of Voldemort are like brought back in reverse order, mm-hmm. and Cedric's one of them. So, I, we were talking and it was like, so, was Wormtail using Voldemort's wand? Which might make sense, because as far as we know, he doesn't have his own. He didn't in the third book. I think that Wormtail does not have his own. For a long time, I think he was using Bertha Jorkin's wand, because they obviously killed her. But... Well, you actually came up with the funny and I think actually good idea that Voldemort's like... Wormtail, you can use my wand only for murders and hurting people. None of that. You gotta move the big stone cauldron? Don't you fucking dare use my wand. Pick it up like a muggle. <laughs> yeah, because like, at a certain point, like a little bit later, when they're like moving things, like, when, when like Wormtail is working to kind of do all this stuff, like I guess it's a, it's a dark evil ritual. You need like a giant heavy stone cauldron must weigh like a gazillion pounds. And he doesn't use magic on it at all. He's like pushing it like. (laughs) Yeah. And across, across not even, it's not even like a smooth, it's not like a real floor. It's, it's the ground. So it's, yeah. So it's not like it would slide. You're going to have to like pull it and push it and like fits and starts. But like, so I think that probably what happened was, Voldemort was like, okay, you can use my wand for for murders and killings and, like, you're gonna use my wand for any magic that you physically need to do to, like, do the actual spell to bring me back is my thought process because I could picture him being, like, seeing his wand as, like, an extension of, like, 
his hand almost. So it's like, yeah. I didn't need... So it's almost like it's a way of him not even acknowledging that he needed Wormtail to do anything. Well, it's it's also like... I think we, we usually see magic tends to work more off of like intent and stuff, which is why... As far as, I guess, the Priori Incantatum is concerned, Voldemort was responsible for Cedric dying. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to point out just how, like, they... Wormtail is always portrayed as, like, weak and pathetic. But it doesn't really gloss over the fact that he just killed someone and brought, like, the devil back to life. Oh, yeah, and he doesn't hesitate at all to kill Cedric. Cedric, I... Okay, so first of all, let me just, I'm going to, I'm going to mention a very brief, like, little, I don't know if it's a nitpick or just like a huh moment, and then I'll just briefly touch on the absolute horror of, like, this kid just having been killed. The, the thing that's kind of like, so the reason why Harry doesn't even, and Cedric might not have even been able to respond properly or even notice what was happening, because what, as they're coming towards him before Wormtail gets the order to kill Cedric, Harry is like, yelling and on the ground like basically he's again he's exploding <laughs> yeah, it's not he's, he's not having, having a good time. time so cedric is probably very distracted yeah harry is actually on the ground and his eyes are closed he doesn't technically watch cedric die well he opens I, his eyes we'll we'll have to we'll have to um look for the wording when the thestrals show up in the next book because I don't know if it's literally like experience, like seeing it actively, or if you like experience someone dying in your presence. We'll have to keep an eye. Yes, we we might have to keep an eye on that just because that okay. was like something because he like, doesn't. It's sort of like see it. It's sort of like yeah, he doesn't. He has like he he sees Cedric standing up and alive, and then he like has some bad times, and then he sees Cedric on the ground, very dead. Yes. But I just, like, wanted to point that out just because I was like, huh, it is very interesting. But one of the things that I have to say right away, like, we're not even getting into anything else. At this point, just the fact that all of this has happened to Harry so far, they've gotten to this place, he sees this creepy figure, and basically now he he opens his eyes, and right next to him is the completely dead body of his classmate. Already, just on this, like, base level, this is horrific. Yeah, Harry's not having a good one. It, like, really bothers me that, like, like later on in, like, the next book and everything, and even, like, some fans are like this, too, where they're like, oh, Harry's so angsty. Oh, I can't believe he's so moody and mad and upset and miserable and depressed all the time. What a jerk. Well, what a whiner. And I'm like... I'm sorry. Yeah, Harry literally just watched somebody die in front of him. Yeah, Harry has like post-traumatic symptoms in the next book because he he feels a lot of guilt over this. Yes, and I think that there's like a lot that's gonna like again. Harry's like a man of action, and he couldn't do anything here. Yes, like, like this eats away at him. I feel like the in in the real world when you experience when any like even if you're just at a school, right? And somebody that you don't even know dies. And they could have just died in a car accident. They could have died in any manner. Usually the school is like, will offer like grief counseling and like reach out for 
all of the students, not even students that were his friends or anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a big fucking deal. And do you think that any, but I'm, this is probably going to be something, everybody's going to get mad at me, but I'm going to probably mention it 67 times um, between now and the end of this book that I do not think at any point, like, they t- mention, like, they have, like, the end of the feast, I think, that says, like, well, Cedric is dead and that's very sad. But they don't, like, offer any counseling. They don't offer, like, any yeah, kind of coping. For Harry, too, he actually gets one of his longer stays at the Dursleys, especially in the latter half of the books in this coming summer. So he's, like, just alone with his abusive family and his survivor's guilt. Yeah, it is absolutely horrid. So this just by itself, this is stage one already is more than any child should ever have to, like, All right, this is with. This is getting a little too heavy. Let's move on to something much lighter. Which is that Wormtail... Which is bringing the devil back uh, to life. No, first Wormtail ties Harry up and gags him and starts doing a necromancy spell yes. to bring Voldemort back. Which I wanted to ask, if you think that this is a Voldemort original, if he came up with this... I would not be very surprised, but... I do think that probably if I'm going to like take everything I know and apply it, I'm going to theorize that it's not a Voldemort original, but it might be a Voldemort remix. Yes, a Voldemort remix. So like maybe this is something that exists. Part of the reason I ask is because A, we always talk about how nebulous dark magic is. It's like, is dark magic just magic meant to harm because then stupefy could be dark i almost magic. like think about it like in terms of like 1984 where it's like oh it, we could it's, say it's disinformation think. for example is whatever we say it is well that's what i mean like is is dark magic just a buzzword for like not socially acceptable magic but here we have like literal like blood and bone bring back oh, evil yeah. man like magic it feel, like it, it's i i also ask because if i'm you know let's say a a venerated and wise wizard who has historically fought against voldemort i might try and be like oh he could possibly bring himself back with his dad bones i'm gonna destroy all the dad bones that is a that is a finite resource it's true it's i'm true. not saying it's nice or like particularly decent but i hey for the greater good sorry tom riddle i gotta destroy your body i i I agree not particularly decent and i agree like oh we might have that issue where it's like oh maybe i shouldn't like uh basically destroys people's remains but i do think that it's a little again dumbledore i'm not sure if it was in the in book two or in book six but like when he talks about like his, like the way that like Tom Riddle, mm. like he doesn't speak of him in a like he he kind of like speaks about him in like a ter- in terms of like disgust, like yeah, ugh, like I can't believe him. He abandoned his child, and it's like, well, what? Well, yeah, we we learn <laughs> a little more about that. Um, yeah, we're gonna like talk. I, I'm gonna like harp on that a little bit, but um. Clearly, they needed to be in the cemetery because they needed that blood, uh, that bone of well, the that, father. That's what I mean. They take just a little bit of bone. You you can get like a couple dozen Voldemort resurrections out of one Tom Riddle bone body. 
Yeah, and I'm like a little bit shocked actually that they ended up doing it in the cemetery because like you'd think that as soon as Voldemort was like, oh shit, um, you know, just in case, let me just like grab all the bones, throw them into like individual Ziploc baggies, <laughs> we'll like it's keep like, them in different spots. Only, like, you know, no, in case only, I need only it. seven of them though. Yeah, just in case I need. It's powerfully magical. But um, the ritual is underway. It has three ingredients. It has the bone of his father, yep. which they get because they're there. Uh, next one is flesh of the servant. Oh, and I think that it has to be like they do. Say, yeah, they say like, like forcibly take or uh, no, so the unwill- unwill- unknowingly, unknowingly given. given is the the blood yeah, of the, the, so, sorry, the bone of the father, and he's dead. So makes sense. Doesn't Can't know no about shit. it. Man, that that would be a hell of a maneuver to pull while he was alive. You would have to, like, Gilderoy Lockhart him and, like, teleport the bones out of him. Uh, Flesh of the Servant willingly given, which I want to make note, the way it's described and the way I always pictured it, it's like... Like a one and done, like one cut. Yeah. And I'm like, man, Wormtail is really good with that dagger. I'm thinking that potentially it's like a magical dagger okay maybe because i was thinking like you imagine cutting your own hand off like it's not like it's on a table or something and you're just like just like up in the air like i'm like man this guy's good yeah no and then i also like a little bit sad there he says it has to be flesh of the servant right does that absolutely mean like has to be like a whole like body part like it yeah, has to be I, everything i wouldn't be surprised if if voldemort's explaining this process to him he's like oh so i gotta cut like some of my skin off he's like no your whole hand do an arm if you can <laughs> I, I i that's just something i was just like oh is is that necessary i don't know but the final ingredient is uh what blood, blood of, of the enemy, blood of enemy. forcibly taken yep. which they get harry's blood which you basically have activated Albus Dumbledore's trap card by doing this, Voldemort. Well, Voldemort, or uh, Dumbledore, sorry, I mix them up a lot. I don't uh, know why you could <laughs> ever make that confusion. Evil, manipulative, uh, long-term planning wizards. What can I say? I can't tell them apart. Mm. Dumbledore does later say he's like, I don't know, I'm not saying this was his plan, but like when he hears about this, he's like, got him. He's like, yeah, I can use this. Because we Voldemort explains later during his chapter long monologue that uh, he's he's like he had to get Harry's blood because well he's like oh people say Harry beat me I can't have that but he's like now I have the protection in me because of Harry's blood so I can get past it which is a little confusing but I'm also like. That's like getting an antibody against yourself in yourself. On paper, I, okay, I don't understand magic. I will fully no, yeah, admit there that. Is, there's a confusing bit in it. But I it sounds agree. like there is a possibility, in my head at least, that Voldemort could have done this and reemerged and just like burst into flame and like died. Yeah. It didn't happen, which, you know, at least is something. But after all this is done, Harry's like, oh, man, I hope the I hope Wormtail is as inept as he usually is. And he fucked it up. But he didn't. Oh, yeah. Harry, like, it. okay. But yeah. So let me also just say there's also the trauma of Harry being, like, bound to a, to a, to the, to the, like, the, like, a yeah. statue he, or something. He, 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 what, he has now watched someone die in front of him. He is, he is bound and gagged. 
He watched someone cut their hand up. Okay, no. He did get to see first they dropped the, the slimy Voldemort and, baby. And in. he's, like, freaking out because, like, he doesn't know what's going on, but he's, like, he knows, he knows it's no good. in his, like, being that this is, like, bad. And he's, like, I don't know what's in that, what's in that, what's yeah. in that bundle. Watches, I do not want to find out. He watches some, some bonomancy. He watches a guy cut it. Well, he very narrowly avoids watching a guy cut his hand off, although the after result is still pretty visceral. And then he gets stabbed. Yeah, he he gets he get he gets cut so he can like get some blood. He gets he get uh, Wormtail like just punches him in the face. Yeah, like Harry's struggling at one point and Wormtail punches him, and Harry's like, "Ah, you're missing a finger. I tricked you into punching me, so I knew who you are." Yeah, and I'm just like, "Wow, Wormtail, you're just like punching a fourteen-year-old." Yeah, he's he's a piece of shit, but. He manages to pull it off, and Voldemort is back. Another, yes. another like, just, like, really, like, no-nonsense line. I think the last line of the chapter is, like, Lord Voldemort had returned. returned. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, fucking shit, man. Yeah. I was like, it, it, yeah, they yeah, waste I, no I remember, time. like, this, this, to me, at least, always felt like, a obviously, a big twist. Because reading through, like, you knew Voldemort was coming back. I personally didn't expect it this early. I was thinking, like, fifth book, he probably would be like, ah, I'm Voldemorting again. I'm, I'm doing my Voldemort thing. I'm doing my Voldemort dance. Yeah, which I want to remember to give credit where it's due. Voldemort had a really good plan here. He, he oh, put yeah. the time in, and goddamn did it work. Okay, it's a good plan. However, I'm just going to say this right now. His plan involved so many people just not giving a shit or trying to stop him in any way shape or form in my opinion well he uh like if anybody that, had just done like stuff he would have been fucked well that's you could say that's a gamble but for my interpretation i'd be like he knows he, double the result yeah he has shit. a really good understanding of like the the wizard psyche and how little they give a shit mm-hmm and he, he he lined up those dominoes and they fell just how he needed. I think that there... I just want to say really quickly, because we're about to transition into that next chapter. Chapter 33, The Death Eaters. But when they have that line where it's like, Lord Voldemort have returned. Like, he is standing there. Like, he he gets he gets robed by, by Wormtail. Well, he's just, like, standing there being a fucking creep. Well, no, he's actually naked at first. Oh, yeah, he's naked at first. And then he's just like... Which... Let's me get into a discussion point. I've probably thought about too much. Okay, so I should preface this before I ask my question. Yes. We know that Voldemort basically has, like, warped his entire body to be, like, this thing. Like, we see the early process where he's described as looking like a melted wax version of himself. Yeah, I think it's, like, in... It's in the sixth, sixth book, book, I think, where they, like, have the memories memory. where it's, like... When he was in school, he was very handsome. Like, yeah. He was a very good-looking man. But as he gained power and, like, well, power and power, powers, he turned himself into yeah. this, like, snake man. Yeah, and I'm like, so, I'm, here's the other thing, and I'm not sure, and I don't know if we'll ever have the answer, really. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether or not these are intentional choices that are purely cosmetic. Or if it's like his his like when the, soul splitting has just warped him. Yeah, or if it's like a result of not even just maybe maybe not even just 
Well, I always assumed there was at least some, like, conscious effort on his part, because he doesn't just look like a, like a monster. He looks like a snake. And he's like, oh, I'm the Slytherin man. Mm, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see it, but I also don't know how much of it is, like, he physically, like, oh, yeah, I'm intentionally trying to look like a snake, or if it's just like, oh, he's snake-like. You know what I mean? Yeah. But all of this to preface that basically he has, like, he undergoes a change bodily. Yes. Which, I will ask it, does Voldemort have a penis? Because I, headcanon, don't think he does. Um, I would not be surprised if... His choice, if he was consistently making choices to make himself be more snake-like, I would not be surprised if he did not. Mm. But regardless of whether or not he does or he doesn't, I would think in my brain, my thought process, is that if all of these things, like, they're happening to his body over time, I would not think it worked. Mm. So, like, potentially he still has one, but if he does, I don't think that it works. So, two main things tie into this for me. One is, we try not to talk about it, but the cursed child, he has a kid with Bellatrix. And I'm like, first off, uh, no, he didn't. And second off, he wouldn't. Because the idea is, like, Voldemort would not see the purpose in having children, because that would be a legacy that would live on which his plan is to be that for himself forever. forever. Yeah. Like there's no Voldemort dynasty outside of him. It's just him and whoever is around at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Voldemort eats the sun and drinks the sky and they both go with him <laughs> when he dies. Yeah. And the other thing is that Voldemort is not, to me at least, capable of the closeness or intimacy to even like obviously love but in my mind have sex yeah i don't think unless it was like a weird power thing but yeah even then i don't think so i feel like he would be kind of grossed out by even like he would just be like no that is beneath me i feel like like, he's a very asexual if if there was another voldemort for him to have sex with maybe although then you have like a who's like the the top dog but (laughs) <laughs> just just something I've always thought about. Uh, yeah, no. might might reflect more on me than anything. I but. I agree. Um I do think that it's worth mentioning. Um again, I think that regardless of whether or not he could have sex or he likes well, having would, sex, it I would also tie into the whole the whole overarching theme of that uh, his weakness is that he can't love. Yeah, I don't think so. But I do your your question about uh, the integrity, I guess, of uh, Voldemort's body does actually make me have, like, just a weird question. Hmm. So, the body that Voldemort, so, he gets now through this process. Yeah. Is it better than it was, or is it j- exactly the way that it was? Well, it's implied that the only thing that makes it better is that he has the hairy blood protection. Yes, but, but... Maybe, but, like, that's my question. And, like, so is it exactly... Is it a new body, like, brand new, or does it come restored in the exact state that it was? Well, that's something I was wondering about, because ago. I wonder, like, if he had to resurrect from a... Well, 
again, I don't know how it works. Because Horcruxes are like a chunk of his soul he cut off at like a point in time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he needed to like re- like revive from one of those. What if he had like an older one and he's like, oh no, now I'm handsome again. Which I long maintain. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know that's that, exactly it. I know that Voldemort is a monster and like wants to be, but like you could you could get away with a lot more if you were like attractive. No, yeah, absolutely. So that is another thing where I think that ultimately he doesn't care if he's attractive. But on the other hand, I do think... He's beautiful to him. Yeah. So (laughs) if the in the pursuit of power, like these these changes in his body were a consequence of that, the path to power, I could see him being like, whatever. I don't give a shit if it makes me ugly. But I do, I can picture him being very practical and like acknowledging that that it's very, it's a lot easier to kind of get your way when you're like charismatic and attra- like attractive, basically. No, he got rid of those ears because he's more aerodynamic this way. <laughs> but Voldemort's back and he, we get, we get to see like two main characteristics show in this chapter the first one is just what a sadistic fucker he is practices being a creep well yeah i think that he practices in a mirror like the way that other people practice smiling he practices being a fucking creep he does like weird creepy poses yeah he's like he's like rubbing himself and he like is oh i got my wand back let me hurt wormtail which i'm like all right way to way to be Way to be. Uh, that's that's one thing I have to comment on. Like, I know that Voldemort, like, rules through fear. But with seeing how he treats his underlings, he is, like, begging to be betrayed eventually. And, I mean, that is technically what happens. Um, we find out that, uh, in the end of the day, Sirius's brother be- and ended up betraying him. Well, that's what I mean. That's one guy. Like, he, he was in power for a long time, and if he was treating people, like, even close to this... I mean, that's one of the things that gets me. Like, ultimately, at a certain point, like, that's... I guess it's, like, the idea of... And I'm wondering if, like, that's, like, kind of what J.K. Rowling's getting at what, when she writes you're, them like you're that. You're better off, like, it's safer working for him than being on, like, the other side of him? No, not necessarily that, but I'm wondering... So, like, ultimately... Sirius and like he rejoins Voldemort and like they say that he rejoins Voldemort because he's afraid of his old friends. Oh, Pettigrew. The wor- yeah, Pettigrew. But the worst thing that they would have ever done to him is kill him. Like they never would have tortured him. They never would have done any of these things. Yeah, to like him. Wormtail does get he gets his new hand in a minute, but he doesn't get like he's not given like power or status. Like he, he He's still treated like literal shit all the time. Yeah, he's like a dirt man. So, but... like, the worst thing that could possibly happen, and it probably ultimately, to be honest with you, wouldn't have ended up happening anyway, is being killed. And I'm wondering if J.K. Rowling does that on purpose. It's, like, the idea of, like, both Wormtail and Voldemort yeah, would rather they, they have, live they have horrible this, lives. Yeah, they have this, this idea that any life is better than, like, the alternative. Like, which... yeah, death is, like the worst like they'll both betray anyone and do anything they can just to be like have that checkbox that is still it's like still alive great but like ultimately i'm stuck as a a a ghost monster that can possess animals 
Better than being dead. Yeah, because, like, ultimately, he betrays everybody to go back to Voldemort. But we know from all the time that he's with Voldemort, anytime we see them interacting, Voldemort treats him horribly, is bossing him around all the time. Like, he can't really do anything on his own, so it's not like he can, like, really stop him from leaving. If anything else, he would just be better off going and living as a rat. Yeah, like, just fucking go off and live as a rat. You don't need to fucking... Go to Paris and do a ratatouille. Like, yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't understand why you go back to Voldemort. Like, he 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 beats you. He, he well, like, tortures you. We'll get to that. So, now that Voldemort's back and he's got his robe and his wand and he's he's got to hurt someone, he goes up to Wormtail and is like, Wormtail, hold your arm out. And this is where, briefly, Wormtail's like, oh, thanks, you're gonna fix, fix my hand? He's like, ha, 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 The other no, one! Your other arm. And, he, and I feel like Wormtail here has a line where he's, like, he's just kind of, like, whining and sobbing, but it felt to be like, oh, you asshole. And he touches the dark mark, which has returned, like, full-fledged now, which is, it summons the Death Eaters. Which, I just ask a quick question. Does Voldemort need another Death Eater to summon the other Death Eaters? So does he need one Death Eater to summon the rest of them? I think so. Because I think you have to touch the Dark Mark, which I assume Voldemort doesn't have. Yeah, I'm assuming that. Unless he at one point had it, and then again, his body is different now. Yeah. But I also, before the appearance of the Death Eaters, I just want to point out that Harry and Cedric ran the whole maze. Yeah. They did, it's not like they shortcutted through it. Oh they yeah, did this the, is miles and miles. They did the full thing and now have been gone for what has to be easily 10, 15 minutes. Yes. Like they had to get there and be like, oh, this is weird. Oh, who's that guy? Bam, dead. Move Cauldron, bring Voldemort back. Have Voldemort like feeling himself for a few minutes. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, this is a minimum of 15 minutes probably honestly closer like a lot of stuff is happening but like if you think about also a lot more time passes going forward i just want to mention it because like i would hope that they would it kind of (laughs) comes back to the idea of like what the fuck are people watching yeah like they are people just continuing to look at the hedge maze and be like oh well crumb and fleur got got eliminated i sure wish that somebody would come out of the of the maze like yeah. It's it's just weird to me. It's it is funny picturing like this is a movie where everyone's every like few scenes it just cuts back to the audience just being like, "Woo! Yeah, go Hogwarts. You're the best." I'd be so bored. Yeah, no. Like well, the, I wouldn't I don't know. Go. I always think about it like and like they kind of look at it like it's it's not the same, but you think about it in terms of like the Hunger Games, I think about it a little bit like mm-hmm. where, where they have like, like camera robots and like like, yeah they have like weird stuff like i'm like there has to be some kind of magic that you can do you mean divination yeah to like watch the maybe they get trelawney to do it but she's a hack so she's like oh i'm getting bad reception but the death eaters arrive and are are a little hesitant obviously which i want to mention two things with the appearance of the death eaters one is one you realized, which is a good point. Mine is a minor point, not as good. Mm. Which is, they show up in their full regalia. Yes. Which means that these wizards, who had to basically fully renounce Voldemort, still kept their get-ups, which 
we were talking a little before we started this episode. I would get rid of them because that is insanely incriminating. I mean, that's the other thing that kind of gets me, though, where it's like, yeah, I get... So, when they touch the dark mark, it seems like they're, they're like, oh, it's now very livid, so it's like a brand, almost. So it's like a red Yeah, like it brand. burns you. And then when you touch it, it turns black, so that's when he's summoning you. And I don't know if it's like a feeling you get and that like tells you, or if you just no, notice that No, when he touches it, it, everyone's burns. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. But so like, it's not so like, it turns... oh, the Voldemort phone is ringing. It's like, oh, God, the pain, the pain. Yeah, it's like, oh, better go better go find Voldemort. And I guess it tells you where he is also. Like, you somehow sense where he is. Yeah. Because otherwise, how would you know? But, again, does not matter. But The thing that bugs me about it is, like, presumably this, like, slightly brand-like mark mm-hmm. was just... It was still there, but, like, maybe faded? Yeah, it seems to be, like, somehow like tied old... to Voldemort. Yeah, so maybe it, like, looked for, like, a while, like, a really old scar, where it was, like, maybe, like, a little white, or, like, just, like, faded, like, so it just wasn't as strong. Oh, like, maybe on a beach day, someone was like, hey, Snape, you you should really get that tattoo restored, and he's like, no. Yeah, but, like, that's exactly what I'm saying, so I'm, like, looking at this, and I'm, like, robes, like, the, 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 the Death Eater regalia, the, the, like, the dark mark on your, on your arm, like, they never put these, like, things together to be, like... Because, like, in real life, when they have, like, like, for example, the Nazi regime, like, you'd be like, ah, oh, this is, like, Nazi uniform. This is Nazi, like, uh, yeah, like, like, stuff. That's the thing. It's implied that it's not known, or at the very least, not to the full extent, how the Dark Mark works as it pertains to, like, the tattoo version on Death Eaters. But I would think you might, if you were questioning someone immediately post Voldemort downfall you might be like hey we just have to do a quick physical to make sure you don't have any pro Voldemort tattoos yes to this point though I will say it is clear because we also talked briefly about this before you say that like there's only like about 20 Death Eaters yeah this was a really good point you had because Karkaroff tries to say that the Death Eaters were car- compartmentalized, so they never knew who everyone was, so one person couldn't rat them all out. Which, and to this I which, say, bull yeah. fucking shit. Because that's a cool idea, until you see Voldemort summon them, and they form a circle with the pointed spots and spaces. Yes! They literally have <laughs> yeah, a sign. He literally seat. goes around the circle and is like, this gap here is four people. Here is who they are. I'm like, and there's no, like code there's no like rule of like oh don't say names here no everyone is there and everyone knows who everyone is everybody knows who everybody is already knows the spot the exact spot that they go into like i i you you brought it up as almost like very entertaining visual of voldemort like get like training them into like figuring out their assigned seating and like if he if like people weren't in the right spots he just crucios you immediately freaking out and being like no! No! Speaking of, uh, this is where we get to start to see Voldemort's second primary trait, which it's sadism and neediness. It's sadism and neediness, but one thing I just really want to quickly say is something that I just want to like just establish really quickly is, yes, there's about 20 Death Eaters, mm-hmm. but there is a distinction here. Death Eaters are different 
than Voldemort friends. Yeah. They're, they're, so they're maybe are 20 Death Eaters. Yeah, I guess they're like the inner circle. Yes. And like maybe the only the inner circle of Death Eaters have the Dark Mark and they are part of the, the, the super cool assigned seating. And then, of course, there's like various like friends of Voldemort. And these are people who are either being controlled through the Imperius Curse or like threatened and like forced to work with him in some manner. Or maybe just like well, the giants, the... In that case, it's the... it's weird to me that Pettigrew is a Death Eater. I mean, I guess he defected and was spying, but, like, I would yeah. think if for no other reason, you'd be like, I'm not going to put the dark mark on you because you're a spy. Yeah, no. I don't think that that was an issue because apparently nobody gives a N- shit. No one knew about it. Whatever. But he basically is like, ah, Shoot. you you all have returned, my friends, although you, you betrayed me and I'm mad at you. To which someone's like, please forgive us, master. And he's like, hmm, I will crucio you. And he does. Yes. Which I imagine all the rest of them are like, don't forgive us. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want any of that worms. forgiveness. <laughs> but he basically has a long monologue. The longest monologue. And he is very upset. And this is just one other thing that I do want to also say here. We know... Again, all of the people here who have spots are in this circle. They are all, they have all, like, talked. And one of the things that he says at the beginning of his monologue is that he is upset with them for not trying to find him because they, I believe that, like, the line Yeah, is, he says, like, you who, who knew, knew that I'd, yeah, that I'd gone further down the path to immortality. Like, he, they knew the steps, and it's like... Which I want to just say okay. real quick... I know Voldemort, at least as far as he is concerned here, is technically immortal, or at least currently. It is, like, the worst, shittiest form of immortality, because he explains that, like, he is less than a ghost. He can't interact with things, like, he can't use a wand because he doesn't have enough of a body. Mm -hmm. He can possess things, but it kills them. Yes, like, the the animals can only survive for, like, a short period of time before they they die. Which is really surprising to me, because, like... As Voldemort has, like, such a power dynamic that it's... I guess he didn't, like, playtest this. The idea that he needs someone else to bring him back. Mm. I don't think that that is his ideal setup for immortality. I think that ultimately, like... Although... did a lot of... Like, that's the other thing. You can't really test a lot of stuff because you don't know for sure that it's going to work. Yeah. Until you try to die, and you don't want to do that. Although, so. he does have a line saying that he's like, oh, I would have liked to get that Sorcerer's Stone, but Dumbledore definitely destroyed that thing. Yeah, he's like, well, well that son of a bitch, he definitely but destroyed it. He, but- he takes some time to dress everyone down, basically saying, like, you didn't come find me, you had to know that I was, you know, still alive in some form or other. Dumbledore did, and I get why he didn't do anything, but... Yeah, no. What about you guys? But that's the other thing. So Dumbledore definitely did. All of these people definitely did. But that's the other thing about Snape is like, so these people know, like that about the Horcruxes, or like they at least know, like to a, like they a lot of them probably have suspicions, or like they could they could very well know even specifics. Some of them might actually know specific things that he specifically did. Yeah, like presumably. The cup might have been in the Lestrange vault this whole time, or yeah, it could have been in there the whole 
fucking time. We, we we talked about it in the second book too. I I I would love to be a fly on the wall in the room where Voldemort gave Lucius the diary. What did he say to him? It's like here is a book that is very important to me. Treat it as though it were a piece of my own soul. All right, good day, Lucius. Take care. Ta. ta. <laughs> but, um, like that's the one thing, and that just really bothers me. That that piece here, like really bugs me how much is it that they know yeah because he he implies here that they know quite a bit well that's what's weird too is i guess they didn't know or have enough faith to like yeah maybe they thought he'd come back after a certain like point in time yeah but it's it doesn't seem to me like he gave them contingency plans here all he had was come find me which yeah. I think part of the problem here, like Voldemort isn't really like a an introspective kind of person. I think he he would it would help if he looked and he was like, you know, I really didn't I didn't inspire a lot of uh, a lot of faith in my you followers. Didn't, you didn't like inspire a lot of faith, but I think the other part is he didn't like I guess like tell them enough information to like be like oh this is how you find me or this is what I would yeah, do. Yeah, he's like come like, find me. It's like where? The in the whole world? Like he didn't and that's the thing too. It's Voldemort mainly operated in, you know, England and or at well, least Britain. We know that he ends up going to Albania, yeah. but like that's the thing. I think that ultimately Bellatrix and then like the whoever the fuck else was there well, oh and what bellatrix rodolphus barty crouch and fourth person i don't remember yeah all were going and they were like torturing the long bottoms yeah could have been like tortured yeah. the the long bottoms because they thought that maybe they knew what had happened to voldemort and or where he might be yeah um and we're trying to like find out that information so that they could then go and help him but that kind of goes back to it like why is it set up in this way where they have to get that info? Like, maybe Voldemort sh- would be like, hey, my faithfulest of followers. Well, that's can, the thing. In case I die, here, he is a spe- here is a special hammer to break open a special glass case that has a book of instructions for what to do. Should I die? Not that I will. I am immortal. Do not ever doubt for a second that I am immortal. But just just in case. Should I become incapacitated? Like, that's, I think, ultimately his downfall here is, like, probably more people would have done it if he had given them in any way, shape, or, like, probably if they had ever said things like, well, what happens if something bad happens? No. Oh. Dead. Kill, kill you on the spot for yeah. suggesting like, that. Not even, not even, oh, you died. But you were defeated or incapacitated or something well, bad this, happened. Like, this actually... You raise a good point, because the fact of the matter is, if Voldemort had, like, a true confidant, he could trust them with this info, but he doesn't. Well, I don't even think it's a matter of not trusting him, trusting people, because, again, I think that to an extent, like, all of the people here do know a lot of the stuff that he did to make himself immortal, but he himself never came up with, like, a plan for, like, what it could have been like if he was, like, defeated or something, because I think that in his mind, he's so arrogant. Yeah, that you, you don't need a contingency plan for a failure that can't possibly occur. Yeah, exactly. And then I feel like other people 
would have been like, oh, well, what should we do if... And then he, like, his, like, anger at that, like, Yeah, someone would be like, what happens if you die? He's like, I want to know. What happens if you die? Bam! Um, or what happens if, like, you get captured? Or what happens if you get, like, dis- dis- like disabled or in some way? Or, like... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't get the sense that he like relied on his followers to be very autonomous exactly and i think that that's part of the problem because maybe to his mind he's like i don't want someone who seems like a second in command because then they if i if something happened to me they might follow them yeah exactly just wanted to get into it real quick be remiss if i didn't mention voldemort does a lot of talking in the third person we get him he's so overly dramatic and i gotta be honest i kind of love it he's like oh i smell guilt there is a scent of guilt on the air and he he... goes through each and every single one of the people like he kind of tells us i know i know the plan here is that harry's gonna die but we find out in the next book he, he literally gave harry like his whole his whole like address book of friends yeah basically um so again just really wanted to there's a couple things that i want to touch on here one i just really cannot finish i cannot say strongly enough uh the, the fucking assigned seating like yeah it really bothers me like you have it goes through seating. like here's where the lestranges are uh this guy's dead that guy's dead like he was uh, killed like you trying got, to get me back you got the trio he's like one has left me forever i will kill him one probably left me forever i'll probably kill him and the third one is my most loyal follower, which I guess this is, again, like, we still don't know. So we're supposed to be like, okay, I assume reading through, I don't remember, you'd think, like, Snape, Karkaroff, third person. Snape, Karkaroff, and uh, Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, which, but, so it, at this point you're supposed to be like, oh, it's one of them, Karkaroff or Snape did it, maybe. Yes. But I think that the issue here is, like, you're like, oh, who Snape and Karkaroff are in that mix. Who could it be? We're not sure. The other thing that I think is really interesting about this prospect here that's, like, happening is, in my brain, they know. But in there, I think that part of it is, like, the reason why he doesn't say isn't for us, the reader, necessarily. Like, it is for us, the reader. But it's yeah. also, I think, because in their brains, like, a lot of them know, like, what happened with Bertie Crouch Jr. So in their brains, they're like, what? And, like, it's, like, almost yeah, like, like a well, I, suspense or drama for them. I assume they think he's dead. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, that... Yeah. They don't know. But and that, like, unless I think they're, that that's they're secretly of, chatting on, like, the, the Death Eater like dark web i think that that's part of like the voldemort like he's not just doing it for us the reader he's also doing it kind of like as like a weird like drama moment for well yeah basically being like this guy's putting you to shame and you don't even know who he is yeah like Uh, and he goes through and basically because uh malfoy is like all right i know it didn't work out so hot for the last guy who talked but Please tell us how this happened. And Voldemort's like, I thought you'd never ask. And he practically fucking cues a musical number yep. and like explains how he was stuck as like a ghost. He possessed stuff, but they died. But luckily, Pettigrew found him eventually because Pettigrew, uh-huh. th- this, and I specifically want to mention this, can communicate with rats. Yes. Now, I don't know if this is, there are, this is one of two things. One, Animagus K 
can communicate with the animal they are, which kind of makes some sense. To a degree, yes. Or... Especially since maybe he spent such a long time. Yeah, or Pettigrew, through either some inherent ratness or, like, living as a rat for so long, can communicate with them. It's weird either way, but basically he, by talking to all of his rat friends, found out they're like, oh yeah, there's a forest where we don't hang out. There's a wicked spooky ghost. He he possesses you and kills you. Yeah. Also, it he's is, a real dick. It is horrible. You don't want to go there. And Pettigrew's like, yeah, that's my guy. And he goes there. And I even like that Voldemort has a line where he's like, Pettigrew's body was ill-suited for possession. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't, such a gross I wouldn't man. deign to live in it. Yeah, basically. He's like, no, I'll be the, I'll be a, a, a mummy baby. Just carry me everywhere. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah, he's like, I would rather be anything but Pettigrew. Like, anything is better than being Pettigrew. And I'm just and, like, what a sick burn, man. And he takes the time to again dress people down by saying like, and now Harry Potter, you all possibly suspected that he was my downfall because to be fair i did go to kill him and i did uh die but how could you possibly think that i will prove how wrong you were by using the wizard power proving ritual of proving my dominance over a child you mentioned it, and it bothers me so much, because you're right. It's this weird fucking thing where a fully adult wizards regularly, like, dunk on kids, and it's just well, like... Imagine this Whoa. goes down how it would. Like, yeah, I get that the Death Eaters are bad people and, like, sadistic monsters, but I feel like even me putting myself in their shoes would be like... If Harry, like, just got, like, killed, I'd be like, alright, I mean, we didn't doubt you could do that. He's, he's just a kid. He's he's a chi- at this point he is a child he is tired tired injured. wounded not in a good mental state you just finished torturing he's him probably, too he's probably thirsty yeah he tortures him oh we never mentioned that they don't give them water in the triwizard tournament at all no they don't hydrate them we should have mentioned that in there's no snacks yeah no mm. um but he's he's basically like that's how the chapter ends is him being like. I will prove to you once and for all, I am. I know you have seen me kill just hundreds of people, but I will finally cement my, my power in your minds by defeating this wounded, exhausted child. <sighs> Which I, I was thinking of two things. One, how much more... I know that Voldemort is like... I think I love about him is just how cliched he is. Like... Literally, Harry gets away because Voldemort has to, like, stunt and, like, yeah, and, like, basically put him in the equivalent of a death trap. Yep. But imagine how much more intimidating this scene would have, I realize it wouldn't work for the story, but if they got there and Harry's just dead already. Yeah. Be like, hey, you, you know him? The guy you thought beat me? He's dead. I killed him with a rock. I bashed <laughs> his freaking head in. I could, I, I, so, but, <sighs> I had one last thing I wanted to mention, okay. which I call my Voldemort survival technique. Yes. Because his need for an audience is so great, if Voldemort personally was coming to kill me, I would knock myself unconscious. <laughs> because A, he would not be able to gloat over you, so he'd be like, oh, uh, it's no fun for me. It's like when you play dead so a cat won't, won't torture you. And B, I think... 
that unless you caught him in a mood, he wouldn't kill you while you were unconscious because it's not fun for him. You're taking away the sadism and you're taking away, like, the... Need for an audience, like, the attention. I'm just picturing it going down, like, oh, Voldemort's coming to get me? Stupefy myself. He walks in, he's like... You, you took all the fun out of it. I mean, I think at that point he would just like... He'd probably res- get like, one of his Death Eaters to kill me, but I'd really stick it to him for for a minute. Just be like, haha. Um, I agree <laughs> with you. I think that it's really fucked up that I agree with you. <laughs> but I, I... I actually just want to mention like a couple of things in like quick succession. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we kind of wrap this up, because... It, things are going to go down, you know? Yeah, the next <laughs> next couple chapters are action-packed. So, one of the things that I do want to say is, as he's going through the, like the, 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 the Death list, Eaters, the two yeah. death, and through their assigned seating, he does, like, go through a couple of people, and I do want to just emphasize that when he gets to Lucius Malfoy, he mentions, like, oh, Lucius was part of the, the, the like, the troop of of Death Eaters who were... Yeah, torturing muggles at the, at World, the Cup. World Cup. But he also mentions that, like, he throughout the years, he's never missed an opportunity to, like, also just, like, do harm to muggles. Mm-hmm. And it just... This is going to be something that through the rest of the series I'm going to continue to harp on. Lucius Mal... The Malfoy family never gets any comeuppance for this, mm-hmm. the, despite the fact that they very... With no, no, no care for it. Harm, like, muggles. They harm others. Like, they, there's never any punishment, really, for this. Yeah, like, if we are supposed to have the potential to, I guess, like, forgive Death Eaters, there's not really any good examples of that. Because it's, like... The only person that I would say was a Death Eater that you could make an argument that, like, they legitimately did something that actually showed that they were redeemed again i'm not gonna say snape because the answer is yeah no i was like it's not is it it's regulus yeah because he he doesn't he never tries to like reclaim his like like a good life he is like no i have to do what's right yeah i mean honestly yeah that's that's a great point because unlike snape he basically realizes like oh I've I've been on the wrong side. Uh, I've done something I can't, horrible. I can't undo the things I've done, so I might as well try and undo what damage I can. Yeah, and he does. He ends up dying as a result. Yeah. And I'm not saying like I expect these these Death Eaters to have like this come to the light moment where they're like, oh, I can't believe I hurt people. Like it's not that absolute, but yeah, like for him, he's at least like, oh, I've done a lot of harm to the world. Let me try and backpedal where I can. Yes, and I'm not like, but I feel like that's a that's a form of redemption as opposed to like Snape, who never really suffers any. You argue, oh, he suffered the negative effect of Lily dying. Yeah, but he never makes good on that. Like nothing, yeah, like he and... ever does. He never expresses remorse at having done any of the things that led to her death. He never expresses remorse at anybody else's like murder suffering. Yeah, and it's anything. it's. The same for the Malfoys, where they, mm-hmm. they don't, it's not like they, even though it would be good for them, it's not like they pull away, at least publicly, from the, like, ideology of being a Death Eater and a Voldemort fan. Like, I, if it, if, okay, again, if I'm a Death Eater, Voldemort's gone, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, I guess I bet on the wrong horse. I would, at the very least, 
have a public image. Well, he of apparently got away with it being, by being contrite. Like, no, apparently he wasn't contrite because he he said that he was controlled. Okay, but that doesn't excuse the fact that you continue to be a bigot and a a, a criminal. And I think, like to an extent, like they do mention, like he we see him being like a, a douche, but like. I think that he, when he's like kind of rubbing up against like famous pe- uh, famous people, rich people, people in power, he's using his money and his fame to like put on a good face, which is why like you have that line that I always like as a character moment from him where he says like it's not good for us to be seen not liking Harry Potter, like everybody's well, supposed to like him. That's sort of what I mean. I think Lucius would have been a lot more of an interesting character if he actually like was more openly, visibly two-faced like that. Yeah. Where when we see him around other people, maybe he's a little uptight, but he's not, like, whispering insults to Arthur Weasley right next to the Minister of Magic. Yeah. And I don't know if that's supposed to say more about Lucius than we're about the Minister, because the Minister isn't particularly well uh Yeah, he's got, he's got very selective hearing. Um... So, but like, so I just wanted to say that thing about Lucius, and then there's two things in rapid succession that I just really wanted to say. We already talked about how horrible it is that Harry watches Cedric die. We already said how horrible and terrifying it is that he basically has to, like, the whole process of bringing Voldemort back to life. Horrifically traumatizing, lifelong trauma forever. Yeah. He then picks it up, like, a bazillion notches where he sees this terrifying monster who killed his family... Brought back to life, menacing him. He is surrounded on all sides by yew trees, like, like, and Death Eater Nazis who are all, like, there. Like, these are all people who have, like, committed horrible atrocities, and he's surrounded by everybody. So, let me just establish the amount of horror in this situation unbearably yeah, high i never want to hear yeah, we, anybody say anything this about is harry being this angsty. is like a stretch where we really don't like harry is very much an observer here like we don't even get his internal monologue but well, i would imagine like if it's me i'd be like i'm not getting out of this one so the one thing that we actually do get one piece of internal monologue and i actually think it is incredibly character building like it's actually a really fucking clever line and I don't know if it was intentional in this way, but Harry is so, like, not only, like, he's horrified. Like, he's terrified for his life. He, like, knows he's going to die. Like, he's freaking out. This is, like, incredibly traumatic. But he has this line where he he hopes and prays that the police will come. Mm. Like, that they'll hear Oh, yeah, because when, when Voldemort Crucio's, uh, I don't know, one of them. But, like, I think that it's such a good line because... It speaks to the fact that Harry was ultimately raised as a muggle. His well, I was whole also life. gonna say it's it's a very like kind of innocent childlike thought of yeah. like if only there were like a responsible adult who could help me. Exactly. It, it it really like so in if in a conscious way like if Harry wasn't suffering like this this horrible trauma like a knowledgeable person like if you can look at it in a calculated way would know police aren't gonna help him. These are wizards, like, a thousand wizards. Muggle police are never going to help him, but he's so, like, traumatized and, like, freaking out and terrified right now that he is defaulting to this, like, childlike... Like, he spent all of his formative years believing, like, 
the police will help me, the police will save me. And that is 100% not going to happen here. But he, like, is still having this moment and this thought process because he is in such a state of, like, he can't think properly. Like, well, there's no logic know, yeah. here. He's he's having a rough go, but he'll he'll get a little help from his support ghosts in in a in a chapter. But I just so. I just thought that that was like a really interesting like that I thought that was like a way of like showing just quite how desperate he is at this point. Like, there's no. Yeah. Hey, we don't know. Maybe maybe little Hangleton has has a really good police force. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real downer couple of chapters yeah. and not saying that the next one's super light but at least it's more yeah there's more action packed like, like yeah at least like there's some, like harry has like the ability to have like to to enact something as opposed yeah, to like, like all of these things granted are to him. he's not like in a good situation but at least he's able to like have some agency yes which i'm looking forward to that after this week uh, we will be doing chapters 34 and 35. That's Priori and Cantatum, which, man, I think we're going to have a lot to say about that one. Yep. And Veritaserum, which probably going to have a lot to say about that one as well. I'm super psyched! Yeah, we finally get the... We, that's like the parlor scene. Yes. Yeah, it, it is the parlor scene. I love, the, forward to that. I love a good parlor scene. Yeah, and... Uh, something to look forward to and i hope all you listening are looking forward to it as well and you will join us next time bye, bye.